Are you an ambitious, driven entrepreneur starting to feel overwhelmed, maybe a little trapped by your business? Well, I have a solution for you. It is the five-day bottleneck to breakthrough challenge, where in an hour a day, we will give you the roadmap, the blueprint, the treasure map to where you can find yourself with more free time, more freedom of money, and a more valuable business. Hope to see you soon www.bottlenecktobreakthrough.com Are you an ambitious entrepreneur? Then welcome to The Real Bottom Line. Today, we're talking about lessons. We're going to talk about some key things that we may want to focus on, lessons learned, and things that we hope for the future. It's all about resets today on The Real Bottom Line. This is The Real Bottom Line where we tell entrepreneurial stories about true grit and perseverance from frontline business owners themselves. Now, let's get started. Well, hello and welcome to The Real Bottom Line. Today, we're mixing things up. We're having three guests. We've got John Swain, Sheila Cummings, and Neil Stephen. And we're going to have a little discussion about last year and how it went. But first, what I'd like to do is get each of them to introduce themselves, talk a little bit about what you do, and one win you had last year. Sheila, I'm going to start with you. Sure. Hi, my name is Sheila Cummins. I'm the CEO and founder of The Road to Seven. And we support women entrepreneurs as they launch and grow their business through coaching, consulting, content, capital, and community. Uh, last year, you wanted the biggest success of last yeah, year? Yeah, something you're happy with, your achievement. So I'm actually going to pass the achievement on. And the women that we work with, absolutely brought it last year. It didn't matter what was thrown at them. It didn't matter what challenge they were given. They just rose to the occasion. They dug in, they had grit, they were resourceful, and they just kept going. And so I just give them a nod today. That's awesome. I love that shout out, Sheila. Thank you. John. Hi, folks. My name is John Swain. I am the president of Swain Chartered Professional Accountants. Um, our purpose is to inspire small business. And when I think about uh, last year, uh, the biggest win from a, from a business perspective was that things, uh, you know, things sort of happen nice and smoothly. The, 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 re the actual reality is that I'm just glad there was nothing on either, either side of the spectrum. Uh, it, was, it was just calm, cool, collected. And I think that that's a win. Uh, personally, uh, I've, I've been involved with uh, a program through... Uh, MIT down down in the um, so sure we've got a team of nine other community leaders and we've been working together for the last year and are rolling out a, a collider series uh, in early 2022 which that for me has been a very fulfilling exciting um, uh, win I, I think uh, on, a, on a personal basis so that sounds awesome John and Neil how about yourself uh, right on. Uh, my name is Neil Steven. I own a company called This Is Marketing in downtown Dartmouth. Um, we work with small, medium-sized businesses land of Canada, but uh, often throughout the country and into the Caribbean a little bit um, to help tell their stories, help define and uh, sort of, you know, articulate and then tell their story in a way that um, is emotionally resonant and stands out in the marketplace and sets them apart from all their competitors. Um, that's what we love to do. And we got to do a lot of that in 2021, which was awesome. Hope to do more of it next year. Um, I think the biggest win 
for us was to wholehearted growth, just saying to hell with it. <laughs> this might not work, but we're going to grow anyway. We're going to do it. And uh, we're going to take the problems as they come and, and, and sort of troubleshoot. Up until 2021, I had been very hesitant and slow in our growth and uh, sort of said, let's go <laughs> in 2021. So it's good. We, uh, we took more space. We built the studio. We hired more people. And uh, we're really ready to offer a different level of service in 2022. So we're excited. The gloves are off. I love it. <laughs> what I love about the three of you guys is that your values are so client centric and about growing community and about growing business and, and everything trickles out and has this massive triple effect on all so many places that we probably don't even see on a day to day basis. So when you think about a shift, because I feel like there has been a shift in the last year in particular around how we are going to work, how we're going to show up in the world, all that type of stuff. I'd love to start a conversation around that to start. And I'm going to go to you first, John. What do you, have you seen in terms of thinking changes or outlook changes for yourself and your clients? I'm going to talk about my clients, I think, and, and, and Sheila kind of nailed it in her, her intro. Um, the biggest thing I've seen is just like, like fighter mentality, like, like, Rocky Balboa is, is what I call a lot of my clients. And, and, you know, Rocky Balboa, what he was known for was not as much that he was a great fighter. And I know he's a fictional character. Don't get me wrong, but he, it wasn't that he was a great fighter. It's that he could just take a beating. He just kept getting up right. No matter what. Um, and, and I guess the shift in thinking is, is when I think of, you know, Buddhism or, or um, well, probably most, most uh, spiritual religions talk about, you know, suffering. When, when we're going through pain and suffering, we've reached kind of the, uh, you know, the lowest. That's when growth happens and perseverance and strength. And we've all like gone through this, um, you know, for, for our generation anyway, um, you know, quite a traumatic couple of years. And if you're a business owner, you know, you've had to, to dig down and find some way to get through the, the suffering to continue to be relevant. And for the folks, and, and I'm happy to say that most of, uh, most of our clients had that mentality. Um, They're absolutely coming out stronger, persevere, you know, they persevered it. Their outlook is kind of, well, I could take on just about anything now after being through what we, we were just through. So, so that's, a, you know, it's just like going to the gym, like everybody's a little stronger, <laughs> right? And, 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 and that leads to growth and, and new challenges. So, John, one of the favorite uh, analogies that I've heard this year about what you're talking about is the whole concept of a diamond. You know, diamonds are sparkly, they're beautiful, they're gorgeous, but the only way that a diamond is made is through intense pressure and heat and, you know, for the diamonds creation, like it's literally knocked out of the rock in order to become the beauty that it is. And I just, I love that analogy because I'm with you. Like, I think that so exemplifies, you know, the business owners that are still in business today, those are the diamonds in the rough. And I think at the beginning of the pandemic, there was this massive exodus of people who were like, nope, this isn't for me. I can't do this anymore. I need security. I need certainty. I need this. And a lot of them were justified because I don't know if their businesses would have lasted anyway. But those that are around now are those diamonds in the rough. And they, they, we have to go through that process in order to shine. 
Hey, Sheila, I'm going to actually steal that analogy. That's perfect. Isn't it beautiful, yeah, though? So it's mine now. Yeah, Sorry. you got it. TM. What <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming on my end, you know, is all those folks that are that have persevered and have, you know, the diamonds, they know exactly what they want to say. Like, uh, as a brand communicator, often my job over the last 15 years has been trying to pull it out of people. Okay, here, what do you actually mean? What do you actually want to say? I'm seeing a lot less of that. I'm seeing a lot more of okay, I've been to hell and back. Here's exactly what I want to say. And it's really refreshing. It allows us to sort of fast forward the whole process and jump into creative and store faster. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big difference. And I don't, I'm curious to see that what that sort of clarity does for people in 2022. Yeah, I think there's going to be a shift. Like I think, yeah, I think in 2020, we were really in that consumer mode. And, you know, even if you think about those initial lockdowns, you know, we survived through Netflix or Prime Video or whatever with a glass of wine, we'd be binge watching and, you know, scrolling through Instagram, the emergence of TikTok, you know, the, the Snapchat explosion. Like, I think that consumption kept us going, but I'm with you, uh, Neil, like I think 2022, we're going to see this this massive outpouring of creative because we don't actually need to consume anymore. And you can't consume and create at the same time. You can only create from a space of like a blank slate. And so I think that's actually going to be one of the shifts is we're not going to be consumer consuming so much content, so much, you know, empty entertainment. We're really going to have to give ourselves the space to create. Mm, I wonder. I think I wonder if the if 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 there's less consumption or just the divide between consumers and creators grows wider. Do you Maybe. know what I mean? Like it Maybe. still seems to be a lot of people on autopilot who are consuming content at levels that I've never seen. Yes, so but they're know, not the ones that are standing out in their business, and I think that's all, important for people agree. to hear. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah, I'm with you. Oh man. Okay, so we've got diamonds, and I love the con can't consume and create. I know myself, I've been almost like a little bit ho holding back on pushing myself so hard so I could be creative this year. So that mm -hmm. next year I can be really different in the market. So I really resonate with everything you guys are saying. I love that. Um, Wendy, how, okay. How can you be any more different in the market than you are now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Okay, um, okay. <laughs> um, I, I do love that. I, I often think about the pandemic, uh, the good sides and the bad sides, you know, and I think what we've highlighted here is that uh, for you, Sheila, what you're saying is that the diamonds have started to really stand out and have started shining themselves up and they're going to they're going to blow us away next year, I think. Do we see any permanent changes in how we're going to do our business? Is that changed over the last two years? I think for sure the hybrid workforce is here to stay. I think there's a lot of people that have realized that, you know, working from home can actually be really productive when you're properly set up and you're the right person. And I think that we will see that balance going forward. Um, but I think, you know, that this concept of pivots, you know, I think it was so funny that it was glorified. Oh, it's the year of the pivot. It's the year of the pivot. As entrepreneurs, we have to be pivoting each and every day in response to whatever comes our way. And so, you know, I think that's one of the good things is that it's been highlighted. And to John and Neil's point from before, when they, they talk about what they've seen in their clients, you know, if you're not pivoting and you're not willing to put it out there, you're not going to stand out. And in that sea of busy, We've got to be continually adopting, continually trying, and not everything's going to work. 
Some's not going to work. You're going to fall flat. But, you know, I think, John, you said it, like when you fall flat, that's when you learn. So I think that's sort of here to stay is this concept of the hybrid workforce for sure. And this concept of pivoting, I think it's brilliant. I think it's beautiful. I feel like, so would you say then, and I'll, I'll, I'll ask uh, Neil on this one, do you think people are more open to trying stuff and knowing that it may or may not work? Like the, the, is perfection gone? Well, I think, I think that it is one of the elements. I think perfectionism is under scrutiny right now. And I think it's finally under scrutiny. You know, we've been using it to hold ourselves back for centuries. And, you know, we're at the point where it is fight or flight, literally. And so when you come out swinging, sometimes you're going to win that fight to Rocky's point, and sometimes you're not. And it's just a matter of brushing yourself off, getting back on your feet and going at it again in a different way. That's a pivot. Neil, do you see that in your clients as well? Um, The degree to which perfectionism is, is, has your Eroded or yeah, is it you know, still I, prevalent? Is it are people more willing to press play on stuff and try it versus wait until they're sure it's going to work? Well, it's a little different in our space because um, I would say people are more willing to press play and try it because more people are understanding the digital space is very different than what they've grown. Most entrepreneurs, certainly in the land of Canada, have uh, you know, if we look at a, a profile of Atlantic Canada's uh, entrepreneurs over the age of 50 or you know basically there were a lot of white guys over the age of 50 and uh digital has not been high on their priority until the last 18 to 24 months especially the last 18 and so part of that part of what comes with that is an understanding that in the digital space you far better to ship and iterate and adapt than you are to seek perfection on the front end so i think that that's come naturally what is going to be interesting is the degree to which um those same entrepreneurs and those businesses stick with <laughs> Uh, I saw a lot of entrepreneurs um, who were digital laggards uh, make giant leaps forward because they realized they had to. Um, and so they did so. But in the digital space, you have to be continually investing. You, you know, the story you told six months ago is not the story you're telling today or six mm-hmm. months from now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm seeing a lot of stories from nine months ago that haven't changed yet mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of businesses and brands. And I'm curious, will they try to adapt? pre-pandemic, pre-digital, or will they realize that it's an ongoing investment? As a marketing company owner, I'm super curious about how many of them will figure that out. But um, I think perfectionism uh, in general is is dissipated because we're not seeing each other face-to-face anywhere near as much. And the digital screen, the digital experience provides uh, some some guardrails and the, the perfectionism kind of tends to go away when you're hopping on a Zoom call to, to chat something out. So it's been real enjoyable, actually. I think I find projects move faster now. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. How about you, John? Yeah, um, it's sort of the theme that I keep coming back to is, is during the pandemic for the folks that, that needed to survive it, they needed to find a way to, to still be relevant. And, and what that I think started to awaken in small business owners is this idea that, well, uh, I'm not an Amazon. I'm, you know, I, I, I can't compete with them. What, what is the value proposition? Right? Where can I niche? And this is, the, this is the beautiful part that I hope that all the small business owners are, are, that are listening think about. It's we've got, as small business owners, we've got this incredible ability to to adapt quickly 
and to try new things and if and and fail quickly and try something else. So so creativity, adaptability, relevance, shouting out to the world, like all the great things about you, um, is, is something that that uh, the larger companies are doing at a snail's pace, right? And so so use that, small business owners, right? Use that wonderful thing, and and you know. There's lots of one of my one of my dear friends uh, Matt Sims always talks about you know firing bullets before cannonballs like that's that's his saying I love that right um, like being an entrepreneur is a wonderful thing especially if you're a creative person you know treat treat it like a canvas try try new things see what excites clients right and and always be exciting because what excites a client today becomes expected tomorrow, right? So, so stay, you know, stay on it, keep exciting and keep, keep doing those things. So it, that kind of lends back to Neil's point of it's been nine months since some people have made any shifts, where are they going to go to next? Mm -hmm. um, what are your top three pointers for business mm -hmm. owners next year coming into 2022? It's, you know, I love the freshness of a new year, that kind of sense of restart and all that type of stuff. Um, John, what would be your top three pointers? I thought long and hard about this one. <clears throat> um, and here's what I came up with. Okay. Strategy. Um, small business owners should adopt some kind of formal strategy. And it can be just as informal as this, but it's still something is is have a cadence, right? Like a, 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 a time which you're spending, you know, with rhythm, you're spending time thinking about where I want to be, say in 10 years, and, and am I on track? And this is something that you should try to do every 90 days, right? What, am I in line? What are my strengths and weaknesses and opportunities and threats? Like what, what, what's going on out there that I might need to pivot and adjust. Okay. And, and so many people uh, don't, don't think at all about the next move and we can't do that anymore because things are changing so quickly and probably things have always been changing quickly. There's nothing new under the sun here. Um, secondly, and, and Neil will like this one, it's get out there and let people know everything that is beautiful about you and your small business. Do, the, do it through, you know, creative marketing. Like, like don't, don't go get it. Sorry if there's any printers listening here. Don't, don't, don't go out and take out a newspaper ad because it just makes you feel good that you're doing something, right? Get out there, work, work your networks. Talk to, the, talk to the professionals in your network, like regularly. Let them know what's going on, right? Be top of mind. Talk to the Neils of the world and figure out how do I get my, how do I get, people to see the the beauty that we are how do i translate that on the digital medium or whatever it might be right but and get creative i've got a picture in my office that um it, it i love it. it it shows a whole sea of umbrellas on a rainy day they're all black umbrellas and sort of out of the the top of the sea of the black umbrellas is nice colorful colorful umbrella be that colorful umbrella and it's not hard to do because most people, probably probably 80% of people, just want to fit into that sea. <laughs> so 
if you're doing something that's different, that's shining, you know, you're standing out. People are, you know, going to be um, taking notice. And thirdly, and I have to get accountant on everybody, a pro forma, have a pro forma statement, or you might hear them, you know, you might hear them called forecasts or, or um, um, projections. I hate the word budget, by the way, so I'm not even going to use that word. But what I'm talking about here is visibility for the next, you know, 12 to 24 months, preferably 24, of which, you know, you're estimating what you think your revenues are going to be. Your, your, you know, expenses are easy. We, 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 can, we can guess expenses quite, quite accurately. Um, but trying to guess out what, what our revenues are going to be and looking at, you know, how are we doing over the next 24 months? Ooh, we're getting into a bit of a mess right around the six month mark. What do I got to do now? Yeah. What actions do I have to do now to, to, to help and, and true up? Like a pro forma statement should be a living document that you are looking at like all the time. It should be right beside you or on a Google sheet or whatever, right? Because it's what's telling you, oh, oh we're, we're getting into the red zone here. I got to up sales or I got to slow down a bit. We're getting too red hot and take some time to work on the business. And that is just a beautiful thing. So that's the last time I'll be an accountant today. John, those were awesome. And you'll be proud to know that Kelsey and I finished our 12-month pro forma yesterday. Awesome. Yes. Uh, So I'm summarizing this. Strategy and review rhythm. Don't be shy. And projections. Hmm. Okay, cool. All right. Sheila, I'm coming to you next. I think John had his eyes on my notes. (laughs) (laughs) This is so (laughs) I look at my notes here, but I obviously he can't see it. I'm actually going to pivot. And I'm going to pull um, some of the goals that I, we, so I just want to say these are not, we pulled these from a client that I work with and I'm actually going to share them because I think they're so beautiful. Okay. Number one, because John took the others, number one, trust your intuition. You know, you know, you know what you need to do. You know, the action you have to take, you know what you want and trust your gut. You know, either like, let's just even think about hiring. People are like, oh, I'm not sure I have the right hire. You're right. You don't get rid of them. You don't have time to lose here. You know, oh, I think I should be doing this. Yes, you should trust your gut. Go and do that thing. So trust your intuition. The second piece of this is surround yourself with the best in the world. You know, best in the world accountant, best in the world marketing, best in the world financial planner. You know, the best in the world will most likely cost you more upfront but it will cost you way less in the long run. And when people are nickel and diming, especially when they're hiring, they're getting people that are not best in the world and it's gonna cost you more. And so that concept of best in the world goes to your network, goes to the people you surround yourself with, goes to your team, goes to who you choose to learn from, who you choose to align with, surround yourself with the best in the world. And then the third thing is to be running a data-driven business. Your numbers don't lie. So if you're trying a social media strategy and the numbers are showing you that it's not converting, for God's sake, stop doing that same social media strategy. It's time to try something different. And you don't have to make these massive changes. Sometimes it's small tweaks. You know, one of the uh, one of the programs we run is called the Lucrative Offer Lab. And people have this amazing offer that they're wanting to sell. And they're just, they can't get the eyeballs on it. They can't get the conversion on it. And we just shift small things, small positioning statements, 
small value, value-laden uh, purpose statements. We, we shift features into benefits. They're small tweaks, but the numbers don't lie. And we've got to be tracking and having a scorecard that we're regularly auditing and looking at. Your revenue numbers matter. If you're not hitting your revenue goals, there's a reason in your business that you're not hitting them. So let's figure that out. So intuition, best in the world, and data-driven results. Sheila, you're a good little summer. I love it. And I love that um, when I think of uh, when you were on the show before, I still talk about higher up. Yeah. And um, and that, that, that phrase you use has changed my world. And it's a place where I was getting to eventually, but I think getting there faster helps me. That's scary, so, and the, right? What's that? It's scary. Oh. You tend to hire someone at a price that you're not sure that you can sustain, but if they're the right person, they're going to be bringing you that revenue and it'll be more than easy to sustain them. Do you feel like your entire life is about reaching the pinnacle of business success? Solid referrals, a steady stream of leads in the pipeline, profit year after year. But what's next for you? Are you going to keep working hard, hoping that the money will magically start multiplying in ways that you don't even know about now? Maybe you'll pick up an investment property or two to add to your portfolio. Can you even retire? Can you step back or step away or exit completely and not lose everything you've built? If you don't have the answers to these questions, you are not alone. This is exactly why I created the Total Wealth Accelerator, a program designed specifically to show you, the successful business owner, how to build your own private wealth portfolio. Because there's more to you than your business, and there should be more to your wealth than what you make from the business you've created. I want to show you how. Go to the Total Wealth Accelerator now to learn more. That's TotalWealthAccelerator.com. You know, Sheila, I had a, I had a um, situation two years ago. I had to hire someone and uh, I, I ended doing, I hired up and I, I listened to your podcast. When I heard you say that, I thought, that's a great way to define that. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that moment, I hired this guy and um, a month later, so he's been working with us for a month. I, uh, I brought him in the room and I said, you know, screw you. And he said, well, well what's the problem? What's the problem? And I said, you're going to force me to change my whole business. Because he was so talented that I was like, okay, I have to ante up now. Like I have to game up, and uh, and it, that's the reason I have a studio now. Frankly, is because he yeah. pushed me. That's so when I think of, yeah, like I'm thinking next hires. Like I'm looking at Wayne on the call here, and the crew over at Venor, who are also exploding by the way, and uh, the recruitment firm, and expect to be calling Wayne and and uh, the team over there in 2022, because I I don't want to hire down ever again. Like do you know what I mean? Like it's just not. And hire down sounds negative, but. It's just being realistic, you know. You're totally right. If you got to go get the right person, and uh, and they're out there, right? But you really got to look for them. Yeah, and they're and they're willing to work in different ways than they've ever worked before. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll give you 10, 10 hours a week. Perfect. That's what I need. You know what I mean? It's it's not the the commitments are more nuanced than they used to be too. So you can sort of tailor things. Anyway. Well, and what I love too, when we look at the, the businesses that you guys are building. You're going to attract a talent if you're building something special that has the right good values and good culture you're going to attract really good people and that's kind of what i think you've done neil so let's transition into your top three let's go tell me your top three tips okay so top three tips um if you're listening to this podcast maybe you're driving and the kids are like in the back seat talking or whatever going on around you just i want you to hear this because i'm going to try to say this a lot in 2022 i'm a little nervous to say it but i'm going to say it Let's try to hear this if you're a small business owner or an entrepreneur. 
I've been doing marketing for 15 years. I have, I remember when Facebook came to Canada. Okay, I, I remember it. I, I helped lobby to get it to come to my university. And I was the person who implemented it at Santa Fe. So I've been involved in social media as long as I can really, as long as, as long as it was in Canada. And I have sort of had this in the back of my mind and every year it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. So I'm going to say it out loud now. And I think entrepreneurs need to hear this because for like five or six years or seven or eight years, entrepreneurs have been told and business, small business owners have been told social media, social media, social media. They are not wrong. People that are telling you that are not wrong. It is where the traffic is. It is where the eyeballs are. Yes. But I think we have an epidemic of entrepreneurs and small business owners who think they're supposed to be really good at social media. There are two types, people who are good at marketing naturally and people who are not. And if you are not naturally good at marketing, you are likely super frustrated with your social media. Stop putting that on yourself. You're not a natural marketer. Every small business that gets held up as an example of being awesome at social media has a smart creative marketer owner or senior 2IC behind it. Okay. If you're looking around your small business and you're like, well, Joe doesn't really know anything about marketing and Sheila doesn't know a lot about marketing. And I certainly, I never know what to say, but we're really good at building this widget or these widgets. That's great. You need marketing help and you should stop feeling bad about your social media. Go get help and be great at social media with help. If you find that you're a natural marketer, awesome. Good for you. Don't lord it over people. Okay. So way, way, way too many small business owners out there, and I meet them all the time, who are stressed, thinking that they suck. They don't. It's super hard to be good at social media. You got to be quick and clever. And like, it's, it's a hundred different variables all colliding together. And the people in my life that I've ever seen that are good at that, they're all marketers. I try to hire them. Okay. So if you are an entrepreneur and you're really good at that, either come work with me or like let it explode your business. But if you're not, stop feeling like you're a failure and just resource it accordingly. Just like you would resource someone to come in and clean your office, you need to resource someone to come in and help tell your story on social media, period. Stop feeling bad about it. So I'm on like a crusade in 2022 to help small business owners stop feeling bad about their social media. It's not their fault. So that's point number one. Point number two, um, this has been true growing more and more and more. It, now is a fact distribution trumps content in 2022 so when you're thinking of what you're doing and you're and you're planning for the year it's not good enough to have good marketing and think okay i'm going to put this out into the world it's never really been good enough but for a long time especially the last five or six years you've kind of been able to get away with it um it was bad in 2021 it's going to be impossible in 2022 to get organic reach so you have to understand that going in. If you, I mean, the, the guy to follow on this is a guy named Ross Simmons. Uh, I love his work, uh, Foundation Marketing, fantastic company. They work in the services and software space. Um, but he's been talking about distribution for like two years. He's, he was ahead of the game then. It's going to crystallize, especially in Atlantic Canada this year. Um, your organic reach is going to plummet in, in 2022. So get prepared for that. Um, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to only do three. So, okay, this all this into the second one because distribution is king and content is going to be less of the, the deciding factor in terms of who sees your stuff online uh you need to double your digital budget for 2022 whatever your digital budget is go double it because that's what you're going to end up spending if you want to do it well 
it's just, it's like a super competitive space and you likely have not budgeted anywhere near what you probably ought to. Um, so those are kind of together. And then the final piece is, um, the bonus tip is bonus tip is begin to be prepared for the systemic impact of artificial intelligence, machine learning, the impact of blockchain, NFTs. If these are like words that you're like, I've heard these for a while and I don't really know, 2022 is the year you're going to either find out yourself by proactively getting on top of it or your business is going to really start to experience it. Um, the, the, it's going to become systemic. It's been kind of interesting in here and there, but this coming year, it's going to be everywhere. It's going to start affecting you whether you like it or not. So uh, time to time to do some Googling. Great points. I must say, you guys, you you really brought the uh, you brought the game today with the top three tips and bonus tips. Um, <laughs> I, I I think I I saw value in every tip, and I see how I want to do something with every one of those tips. So I'm sure our listeners will as well. Um, before we go to questions, I just wanted to ask a quick question. But what is your biggest wish for 2022? What do you wish? Neil, I'm going to start with you. You're on a roll. Let's keep that going. Oh man, I, this is a this is a tough one personally for me. I, I wish um, greater empathy and understanding and listening to one another and appreciating different perspectives that you might not share. We need that badly, um, badly. It has nothing to do with business. We need that in our families, in our friendships, in our relationships, in our communities. Um, there's a lot of people talking at each other and not enough listening i mean it's a stupid old saying but like god gave you two ears and and one mouth use them in proportion like that's we need to remember that in 2022 and i hope we do mm, that was wonderful neil john i'm gonna go to you next uh yeah this this almost um sort of expands on neil's is, is just to be more present uh, actually to have as much presence as possible in the now, um, when when we're when we live in the now, and we don't overthink, you know, it 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 helps us to be in a better state when challenges do come, right? It also, in my practice anyway, it it also um, reduces anxiety and and just helps to to just enjoy life more. So that's my biggest wish. My second biggest wish, I'm just gonna sneak that in, is health. I, you know, I, I like to be healthy in 2022 and I infinitely more important would love to, all the people around me to stay healthy. Wonderful. Sheila. I think one of the biggest wishes that I have is that more entrepreneurs would own their value. Mm. Ooh. Like I think, I think it has so many different repercussions when you can align the value with, with your business, with your pricing, with your, your impact, with what you're doing. And we're so busy watching and comparing instead of saying, me, what am I bringing? What are the results my clients are having? What is the ripple effect of the work that I do on others? And it's usually far beyond just that initial exchange of product or service. And when we can own our value, then our entire outlook can change. You know, all of a sudden we feel more confident, you know, to step out and to get our word out there. We're able to feel more confident and not always have to be shouting 
because we feel confident in what we're bringing and we don't need to you know, talk over everybody else. And I think that that concept of owning the value sounds so simplistic, but I think it's one that if we all make a commitment to, that we're gonna change the face of our world. And I, I have another, so mine's kind of a win-wish as well to the point of John's on health. I actually secured a TED talk in June, 2022, and it's taken you know two years and I don't know how many applications you guys, like probably over 40 or 50 applications. That's a lot of rejection. And my, my wish is that I finally get heard about the work that we're doing at the Road to Seven and the impact that entrepreneurs are having on society and on the economy. And so it is kind of a win and a wish at the same time. So that's a bonus. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to share that. Congratulations. Thank awesome. you. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Scared, absolutely scared out of my mind. But that's Oh, that okay. means it's the right move. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, we're going to move into questions and I'm going to put Wayne up first because he put one in the chat and it's the one action key relationship that you think would transfer your business and your life in 2022. Does anyone want to take that one on? Neil, what is the one thing that you can see? He's mad at me now. Um, <laughs> do you have one there, Neil, or I can pass? Yeah, no, no, I've got, I, uh, there's a few things. Um, one is, a, is an advisory board for the company. Big piece for 2022. And it's going to come, come in hot in January, February. Um, but that's a big one. Uh, I might be reaching out to you, Wayne, about that, actually. It's on my to-do list. Um, I know we talked about it before, but good to see you this morning, Wayne. Uh, so that, there's that. I, I think the other thing for me, that, and this is a, it's all on me, really. It's, uh, I need to lean on others. But uh, my own just fitness, physical fitness, that uh, gets me in the right headspace. And I can really lead and, and move the, the, the needle faster and further when I'm, uh, when I'm exercising well. Yeah. Yeah. That works. That thing works. Uh, John, what about yourself? <sighs> That's, it, was a, it was a tough question up to, up till about two seconds ago. And, and um, because I was trying to be present and while I was being present, it just dawned on me. I need to get to know Sheila yeah. more. Her and I are like, Oh my God. Likewise. I know you yeah. keep taking my notes. And, and yeah, Exactly. And, and Neil, a couple things. I want to hit the gym with you, brother. Right? And I want to get to know you, man, because like, um, you know, you know how I feel about marketing and creativity. I just, uh, so yeah, like, like key relationships, serendipitously, the universe is a wonderfully awesome thing. It, it puts some of the key relationships right in this uh, Zoom room. Awesome. How about yourself, Sheila? How would you answer that question? Oh, one personal thing, and it's also one of the wishes, is self-love. And I don't know about everybody else, but I spend, I have, you know, 20 or 30 hours on Zoom a week, and I am loving everybody else. And I've got three kids, and I love them, and I have a great husband, and I love him. But the one person who gets lost in the shuffle is this girl. And the one person who's going to move my company forward is this girl. And so 2022 for me is practicing self-love. Self-love is not going and getting a manicure. I, you couldn't ask me to do it. I'd rather honestly gouge my eyeballs out. I hate sitting there. I hate having my hair done. Self-love is things like connecting to yourself, listening to your intuition, um, you know, that whole concept of journaling and discovering yourself that's self-love and one of the concepts again that I've been learning this year self-love is self-discipline 
and being disciplined to go to the gym. So I wished I lived within the, the East Coast so I could join you guys at the gym. That would be epic. Um, you know, moving your body, eating well, serving yourself, going to bed. That is one of the things on the business side. I'm about to hire up and it is scary as I'll get out. I am hiring um, somebody literally whose job it is to get leads and to build relationships and to open conversations. And that's not a cheap hire. And, you know, I, it's going to happen and it has to happen. Like it's, you know, Neil, you nailed it. Like I, I'm good at what I do, but <laughs> don't ask me to come up with a strategy for Instagram. Like I, you know, if I didn't have D, I wouldn't be on Instagram. So somebody who's really in charge of that whole part. And it is someone who's internal, who is as dedicated to the vision of my company as I am. Amazing. We have time for one more question. Um, I'll just see if anyone's going to unmute and say hi. And if not, oh, here we go. Melanie. Hi. It's so good to see you all again. Um, I, hi. Um, yeah, I just, I, I have so many notes. I want to thank you. I mentioned it in the chat just in case you didn't get it first. Thank you for all the insights and the motivation. I am jazz. I'm pumped. <laughs> And it's so important. And Wendy, this show and Neil, your show before, uh, had, has always done that for me. But like to have the three of you and what really interests me is your alignment. There's mm -hmm. so much synergy. And to me, that's a lot of truth coming out from different perspectives and very well articulated. So thank you for that. My question is around your clients and um, pivoting. And I just... I feel as though, I wonder if you see, if, if we're the same and we're offering the same value and it's valued, but we're not shifting, does that mean we're not perhaps as in tune with our clients as we think we are? We are. Just throwing that out there for you guys. If you're offering the same value as you provided in the past, does that mean you're not shifting and you're not in tune with your clients? Is that what you're asking? Is it a possibility? Yeah. Oh, okay. Are your clients getting results? I think maybe you, you, so personally, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then you're also, I'm a right big thing. fan of the, the, you know, of, I just think your business can't stay the same. No. I'm just wondering from your different experiences in your different spaces, do you find a similar thing? Like maybe clients come to you like, okay, there's a value, but uh, I know the value or I can't communicate it, or I've been offering this value, but maybe my clients needs have changed. So maybe what was good for them before isn't, is no longer relevant because as to Neil's point, things are changing so quickly. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll take a stab at that. Um, the word pivot gets you overused a lot. Um, we, and we, and we've, and we've all overused it here today even, but um, I, I, I think that to Sheila's point, intuition is great. Um, also to Sheila's point, objective data mm -hmm. is, is wonderful. So the two things, um, and knowing your client and, and getting feedback and being open and present with them and, and hearing it, um, and, and also being willing to, to just kind of accept the, the isness of something. We don't have to change for the sake of change. If it ain't broke, we don't necessarily have to fix it, right? And so, uh, like Neil said, two ears, one mouth. 
you know, you'll know, like, you'll know if you're not, I, in my business, for example, um, we haven't changed the core of what we do much. We're always trying to excite and do, do better. But um, the wage subsidy, okay? This is something that small business owners need help with. Now, for the last two and a half years, I, the owner, who, who I'm going to be honest with you, haven't done a tax return in about five years. I got really smart people that do that for me now. They're busy doing that. I had to sink back into doing these darn wage subsidies. I got wage subsidies coming out my my ears. Right, right. Um, I could have said, nah, I'm not doing that. That's a spreadsheet side. You know, that, that my small business owners, you know, they weren't interested in finding out how to, you know, get inspired and 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 bigger, bigger, you know, and they're like, I, I you need to do the wage subsidy for me. That's cool. Yes, I will take care of you. I don't like doing them, but I'll do it, right? And and thankfully that stuff's coming to an end soon, for at least from my perspective. Um, but that's you know that's not it's not a pivot. It's just a listening and doing what needs to be done. And and uh, yeah, hopefully that's helpful. I love that. And I think, you know, you're so right, John, like it's the data, the data will tell you when your engagement goes down, it's time to shift your social strategy. When you're seeing attrition in your programs, it's time to survey your clients and find out what's going on and find out what they need that's different. You know, if you're having a hard time converting, there's something in the process that's not working, but the data is going to tell you what's working or not working. And so that's where those scorecards are invaluable for you. And, you know, um, for anyone who's listening, Melanie is the, the question asker, and she owns a, a company called V Life, heavily on uh, getting uh, people of Halifax and Nova Scotia to uh, shop more uh, lo- locally. I know that's a maybe an oversimplification, but it's a major part of what you do. You know, I, there, there are analytics. There's all those things that can tell you that the product I have today for my clients is it performing? And uh, John, uh, they, they're quite right. John, she's quite right. Um, but you didn't start it with any of that. You started it with nothing and began building something to try to solve a problem. So it's, I find it's helpful to step back and say, is the problem solved? Have I made progress on the problem? Is that still the problem, right? Does that problem still need solving? So one thing that <laughs> I built a business over seven, almost seven years now, focused on stabilizing and growing Atlantic Canada's economy. Well, in the last 12 months, that's been less of a problem. I mean, if you want, <laughs> the economy is insane here. So am I still solving the same problem? Not really. I had to rethink my whole business because of that. It has nothing to do with, I mean, it has indirectly something to do with this pandemic, but the reality is the economics on the ground in Nova Scotia have changed and Atlantic Canada. So now we're not quite so doomed by demographics. We've got some real opportunities here. Now my whole value proposition has got to change. Uh, the thing that I'm trying to achieve has to shift. So you know, when I think of, of V-Life, Melanie, I think of it and think, okay, well, what does that, what does that customer of yours need 18 months from now? And you're not going to see that in the data, right? Your, your success 18 months from now will be your intuition. It'll be, the data will be coming from you listening to your direct customers, but then also listening to their customers and understanding the market. And uh, <laughs> it seems anytime I'm on any call, I reference Ross Simmons and Caitlin Burgoyne. So here we go again, Caitlin Burgoyne. If you want to talk to people and listen and learn in Atlanta, Canada, uh, Caitlin Burgoyne and Customer Camp is your go-to. She's phenomenal. Um, but I, I think when I, knowing uh, life, I think you're right for a big change. Uh, I think you've done a bunch of things and I don't know what that big change is, but I think it's going to be big. I think it's going to involve partnerships and 
next level in 2022. Well, I have to tell you that this has been delightful. So John Swain, Sheila Cummings, Neil Stevens, you are all rock stars. Thank you for coming and spending time with us today. And as you know, I always come up with a bottom line and it's usually one pivotal thing that happened during the podcast that I can put my hat on and say, there were so many truth bombs and mic drops today that I have none except surround yourself with good people who know this stuff. And that's how you'll get ahead. Thank you for listening to The Real Bottom Line. This show is produced by Black Star Wealth. Executive producer, Wendy Brookhouse. To learn more about the show or to contact us, go to blackstarwealth.com.